yeah, then we'll get started. Jasmine, we're live. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Guns, Roses, and Spirituality. We have our host, Andy Wong. I'm Jasmine, and we're so, so, so excited for our guest today, Chris Johnson. Woo! Woo! <laughs> so, Chris is an Army vet and the owner of multiple online businesses and brands, including being the owner of 17th Watches, The Ridge Market, Selling IMAX, and has super popular online courses like building a six-figure side hustle, making money on Twitter, side hus the hustler's field manual, and so much more. So Chris, thank you so, so much for being with us today. So I've personally been following you for over a year and we have so many questions for you because you're just basically a money-making machine at, and at a pretty young age too. <laughs> And I just wanted to ask, like, how are you and your family doing during this whole time? Um, so, you know, to start off, thank you guys for having me on. This is like an honor for me to come, you know, talk to you guys and spread my message. Um, but the family is good. We're doing well. Everyone's staying healthy, staying clean, awesome. you know, um, staying out the way and, and, and not letting the outside world kind of bug us too much. Yeah. So. And I guess to start off with, um, can you tell us the, more about your experience being the Army? Okay. So, yeah, go ahead. All right, so here's my Army story. So when I was 17 years old, I was pretty, like, I was a, a, a semi-decent football player, and I thought I was going to college to play football. Um, there was some issues in the recruiting process. Like, I felt like I was undersized, so I was being under-recruited. And I'm like, you know what? If I'm not going to college to play football, I'm just going to get away from my hometown, you know? And then I'm like, I'm working out with my brother every day. And then like, we're working out in the room at my dad's house. And I would look on the TV and I see like Navy commercials. So I'm like, man, these dudes get paid to work out. And like, you know, <laughs> stuff that I was already into. So I'm like, All right, I'm joining the Navy. So I go to the, I go to the Navy recruiting spot after like a, a workout at like the local community college. And they're like, yeah, we can have you shipped out by next summer, you know, and this is, the summer's about to start. And they're like, we'll have you shipped out the next summer. And I'm like, I'm not sitting around waiting like a whole year, you know? So I'm like, uh, let me just go to the army recruiter then. <laughs> so I go to the army, <laughs> I go to the army recruiter and I was like, so does it work like the Navy or like, how's this work? You know, cause I didn't know anybody that was in the military You know, I didn't have any friends or any family that was in the army. So she like kind of explained it to me and she was, I was like, okay, so will I be leaving next summer? Or when can I leave? She was like, when do you want to leave? And I'm like, soon. She was like, I'll have you out of here next month. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> so I signed up to join the Army, and this is, I'm fresh out of high school. Uh, and then, you know, I go to my, my basic training, I go to my AIT, and it was just like, it's a whole nother world because now you're, you're not just waking up when you want to, doing what you want to do all day. Like, someone's telling you what to do every moment of your day, um, and you're not in control of your life anymore, which uh, for a temporary moment, that's a very good thing because then you can see how much you can get done between five in the morning and five at night, you know, like that, that 12 hour window, you can do so much. Um, but before I joined the army, you know, you wake up at, at six 30, go to school, you're off by two and then you just lounge around all day, you know? So you start to realize like the compounding effects of being disciplined and having routines and things like that. And that was kind of like the first thing I learned while I was in the army. So I signed up to do uh, human resources. So that was pretty cool right when I got to my, my actual duty station. So after you do your training, they send you off to your duty station. And mine was in Fort, Collin, uh, Fort Carson, Colorado. 
So right when I get there, they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to Iraq next month. And I'm like, well, my recruiter told me I wasn't going to Iraq, so I don't know what you guys are doing. <laughs> my recruiter, like, told me I wasn't going to Iraq, you know? And, um, yeah, next thing you know, the very next month, I was in Iraq for a year. I'm 18 years old. <laughs> so imagine this is 2000. This is 2009, 2010, right? And this is when Facebook is starting to become really, really popular. You know, like everyone's to leave MySpace alone. Everyone's on Facebook. So all my friends are like at these college parties, like hanging out with all these girls, stuff like that. And I'm just sitting in the desert, like trying to get my internet to connect. Like, oh, what are my friends doing? <laughs> I'm missing out on all the fun, but uh, it was cool. It, it taught me a lot and it forced me to grow up. You know, I was so young and I stayed over there for uh for a year so i came back i was 19 years old i didn't even have a driver's license or anything um but the good thing is i, I was able to save some money and i was able to like you know start learning about the stock market and i just like start paying attention because now i'm like a working adult you know it's not like i'm this broke high school kid who doesn't really need money to do anything so um that year i saved about like 23 24 000 so i come back i'm 19 years old i have like 24 grand in my pocket i'm like this is nuts. I'm about to go buy a Camaro. <laughs> so yeah, I had like my first lesson with, you know, having a large sum of money, um, choosing not to invest all of it or a majority of it, you know, like spend it partying, like, you know, buying unnecessary things and then watching that money just like drain out of your account until you look up and you say like, Oh man, my money is gone. You know? Um, and that's kind of like, you know, like my intro into the army and then also my intro into like paying attention to finances. So and I guess, was that the moment, like when you had that amount of money, was that like the switch in your head? It's like, dude, I gotta be careful with this. I gotta make something out of this. Okay, so I'll tell you what happened. So I have a really good friend named Antoine. And um, so I buy this, he lives in California and I'm out in Colorado. I just come back from Iraq and I go back to Colorado. And I buy this Camaro, and this is the first year that this model came out. Like Chevy start make, stopped making it for 10 years. And like, not only do I have one, but I'm 19 years old and I have one. So I drive it back to California, you know, and I show off in front of all my friends. And all of my friends, of course, they're my age, and they're like, oh, this is so cool. Let's go here, let's go there, let's go party, let's go pick up girls, all this stuff. And I go pick up Antoine, and Antoine's dad comes downstairs, and everyone's like, oh, Chris, your car is so cool. And Antoine's dad comes downstairs and he said, you could have bought a house instead. You know, like he just, with a straight look on his face and I really respected, you know, his name is Antoine as well, Antoine Senior. And I really respected him and I'm like, I'm like, damn, yeah. And he started talking to me like, you have to think for the future. You're not gonna be 19 years old all the time. And he's like, kind of the first one that's like, man, like these toys are just toys. And, um, and that was like the first time I'm like, okay, maybe I'm not doing as well as I think I'm doing, or maybe I'm not doing the right things because it's not like I had the 24 grand and the car. I sacrificed half the money to put it down on the car, you know? So I'm watching my account drain. I'm just stuck here with this toy and I'm like, okay, well, big Antoine says that, you know, I should be doing these other things. It's time for me to start doing these other things, you know? Um, but it was just having like a few people in my corner that were like kind of pointing me in the right direction because they had so many opportunities in their life and they blew it, you know? So, uh, I made the decision to learn from other people's mistakes. Yeah. So what happened? Like, so, and then what? <laughs> After he said all that and he Okay. So, <laughs> all right, cool. So this is like maybe March or April of like 2011. 
and I drove the car for like a few more months and it started to kill me. And then what happened was um, one of my friends got into it. He was married. He got into his wife and he moved out and he needed me to move out uh, of the dorm rooms to live with him. So like he can afford the apartment. So mind you, the army gives you free housing, right? Like you live in the dorm. So I'm like, well, I can afford my car and the car insurance, but I can't afford my car, my car insurance and rent, but I'm gonna find a way to make it happen. So I move out and I'm living with this dude and I think my rent's like 500 bucks. My car note's like $370. My car insurance is like $250. And this is like 60% of all my money. So I'm like, man, I can't go out and shop like I want to. I can't eat where I want to go. I have to like really watch my money because I traded it for this, this toy, you know, and I'd rather not have the cool car, but to have, you know, the money in my pocket. So um, later on that year, I ended up selling the car. So I sold the car and that was like, I was like kind of done with cars after that. I was like, all right, I have my cool little experience. You know, when I like get, when I build some more wealth then I'll come back and, you know, get back into the car thing. Cause you know, people like to have cool cars or whatever, but I didn't want to have a cool car at the expense of me building wealth. So at that point, did you have an entrepreneur mindset? Did you even, you know, like, were you just kind of, Oh, I'm gonna make more money. Like, what was that like at that time? Okay. So I sell my car. Um, and then I have a cousin named David and David, he plays football at the University of Arizona. And mind you, you know, I grew up wanting to play football. So he's like a division one wide receiver. He's like the coolest Ooh. guy. And I'm following him on Twitter. And he's like, Zeko is the new Facebook, right? So everyone's on Facebook at the time. Kind of some people are on Twitter, but Twitter is a wild place at this time. And he tweets, Zeko is the new Facebook. And I'm like, what the heck is Zeko, you know? So I Google what Zeko is. And what Zeko was, was it was like a, um, a brokerage account where you can invest money. So I guess what he was saying was that he's spending more time looking at his investments and trying to invest money than he is playing on Facebook. So when I looked up Zeko and I found out what it was, I called him right away and I'm like, hey, you, you invest money, bro? Like, cause I kind of learned about the stock market um, while I was in Iraq. So I'm like, you invest money, bro? He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, so tell me how it works. So he's like, all right, you need to read this book. He's like one of these no-nonsense type of guys. So he's like, if you're going to waste my time, you have to like follow my lead. So he's like, read this book and read this book. And he gave me the book, The Intelligent Investor. And that's like a book that I recommend for everyone to read. Mm -hmm. But um, so then after I read the book, I just start asking him a gazillion questions, you know? And I just thought that it was so cool that um, – He's in aerospace engineering. He's a star football player. He's preparing to go to the NFL, but he still cares about investments and stuff like that. So at that point, I realized that I'm not too cool to, to worry about this stuff or I'm not too cool to, you know, be financially savvy. Like I can do it because he's doing it. He's cooler than I am. Like, you know, he's like my big cousin, my favorite cousin. So I'm like, I'm about to listen to him. So then one day he's like, um, I come from the mall. He calls me and he, and he was like, what'd you get at the mall? And I was like, oh, I bought um, some hats. And he was like, well, if, you're, if you bought the hats, that means your money is gone. But your investments bought the hats, that means you still have the money and the hats. So I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, this is why you have to invest more money. So then I just like, it just kind of blew my mind, you know? So, and this is all, I'm still 19 years old. So I just like start giving him like recommendations on companies that I'm watching and blah, 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 right? So I'm like, I'm like, how about this company? What do you think about this company? What do you think about this company? He's like making me go do research. So... What it really boiled down to what me learn, me being in the stock market, like forced me to learn 
is that if there's a company out there and they want to make more money, like let's say I want to invest in Nike, and then I have to tell him, like, or I should tell him, why do I think Nike's a good investment? And then the answer goes something like they're going to release a new shoe or they're going to get a contract with the NBA or they're going to do something. But basically, they need to sell more products, right? That's all it boils down to. They need to capture more of the market share. So I'm like, all right, so if the key for all these companies is to sell more, then maybe I should sell something too. You know, like if, if Nike can sell something to millions of people, Chris can sell something to hundreds of people, you know? Or Chris can sell pe something to 30 people or whatever the case is. But that's when it really hit me that the key to making money is to sell something, right? Like Nike <laughs> shoes and Rolex is going to sell watches and um, Dyko is going to sell insurance. T-Mobile is going to sell phones. And what am I going to sell if I want to get wealthy? So um, fast forward a few years, I move out to Germany. Uh, the army sent me to Germany. So I'm traveling around Europe and every country I go to, I'm just buying watches. I'm buying watches and I'm buying watches. I would like just go to the mall, like the biggest mall. And I just, I'm, I'm spending like a hundred to like four or $500 on a watch. And then, um, I was in Italy one day with my friend and I said, I wonder if I can design that watch better than they did. And then um, he's like, try it. So I go home and I literally get on Google and I said, how do you design a watch? And there's some guy on YouTube who's teaching about Adobe Illustrator. So he's like teaching people how to like draw circles and shapes and stuff like that. And he just so happened to be designing like a watch. So I'm like following this guy on Adobe Illustrator and everything he's doing, I'm doing until I can get good at like making these designs. So I would like build a design, delete it, build a design, delete it until I can design quickly and um, realistically. So then after I spent a few months like learning how to design a watch on Adobe Illustrator, next thing you know, I need to figure out um, how to manufacture a watch. So I get right back on Google, how do you manufacture a watch? So there's another key thing that's gonna keep popping up and that's me going on Google, right? So when David said Zecco is the new Facebook, I went to Google, you know, when I want to know how to design a watch, I go to Google. And when I wanna know how to find a manufacturer, I go to Google, right? So I just Google everything. So then I'm like, I get a list of manufacturers and I'm calling all these manufacturers and I'm in Germany at times at the time. So. Um, I'm, I'm reaching out to German manufacturers and I'm like, I have this idea in my mind. Like, I want to talk to you guys about it. And they're like, okay, come down to our shop. You know, and they're giving me quotes that, that were like ridiculously high. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't know if I can afford that, you know? Um, but over the time I have been like saving money and I've been investing money, you know, now, um, now I'm about 22, 23 years old and I probably saved up another like $20,000 at this point. So uh, I found a manufacturer that could work with me and work with my, um, my design and they can make um, these units for me. So I, it cost me about $8,000 and I started up. So I say it cost me $8,000, but that's because I didn't know what to do, how to do it. I was paying for everything twice. I paid for like three different people to create websites. Like I wasted a lot of money, right? Like I probably could have pulled this off with a grand had I knew what I was doing. But I spent the money. Um, and then I got on Snapchat and people were like, are you selling those watches? Like, are you selling those watches? And I had to ship the watches from, from China to my girlfriend's house in Colorado, my girlfriend at the time in Colorado, cause I was in Germany and you can't use like the military base for business or whatever. So I'm like, yeah, can you ship these for me? And she's like, yeah, like, let's, uh, like I'll help you ship them or whatever. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I just get on Snapchat. I'm like starting to promote them. I get on Instagram. I'm starting to promote them. I get on Facebook. I'm starting to promote them. 
But the problem was that I didn't have any followers. I had like 87 followers, you know? So I'm like, who's going to buy this outside of my friends and my family? So that was like the challenge, you know, I had to figure out how am I going to sell this to the mass market? Um, how do I get, you know, some internet popularity? How do I get people to look at me? How do I get people to want to buy with me and sh or shop with me and all that good stuff? So it, this just, this was five years ago, 2015. So this just launched like this whole journey that I was willing to like, you know, just go down as far as I needed to go. So, um, and that was kind of like how I got started, like in the entrepreneur world. It started off with me watching the stock market and then me deciding that I need to launch something for myself. Jasmine, you want to ask the next question or because <laughs> I'm dying to ask. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah go asking. ahead. I'm just so, absorbing all, all right, of this. So I have so much respect for you. Like, dude. <laughs> hell yeah. Mm -hmm. So like, that's like uh the million dollar question right like people get to the point where they have a product and then how the hell do you expand and so what was your initial strategy you know all right so my initial strategy was to literally message everybody that i had i was friends with on facebook that was my strategy so i figured i was like kind of like kind of popular in my hometown so i had like a decent amount of facebook friends like maybe 500 but i didn't have any instagram friends and i had like 20 people on snapchat so i'm like i'm gonna message all my friends and tell them about my watch company and what I got going on and all that good stuff, right? And just so you know, your audience knows, that's a horrible marketing strategy, right? Like, if you're relying on your friends and family to be your target audience, you're not gonna make it in business. So, what happened was, it was like my friends and my close family and my coworkers that bought the first 17 watches. The first 17 watches were all the people I knew. And I was asking one of my coworkers if he wanted to like join the company. So, you know, cause he, he knows more people. So then maybe we can get a few more sales. And then he's like, well, when are you going to get to the point where somebody that you don't know buy something from you? And that kind of just like set off like a bomb in my mind. I'm like, yeah, more people in this world that I don't know than there are that I do know. So I'm like, how am I going to reach these people? Who are these people? So I needed to set a target audience. So if you're going to go into business, you need to know who your target audience is, because if you don't, you're going to waste a lot of money marketing, right? So I'm not going to take, for example, um, a lot of people are into like yoga, right? I'm not going to go take yoga products to a football game and try to sell them, right? Those aren't the type of people who are going to purchase, right? So what you want to do is you want to put your product in front of people who are likely to buy. So once I realized that, then I'm like, okay, so for watches, I need to go to fashion pages. Maybe there's like a bunch of people who are into fashion and there's large fashion accounts and I need to pay these people to promote me or people who are watch collectors or people who are into, uh, I just started making connections. If you're into watches, you're probably into, um, guns or if you're probably into cars or you're probably because it's like you know so then i would like just go look for these like large pages and i'm like messaging them like hey man can you like promote me and they're like yeah send me 100 bucks send me 200 bucks send me 50 bucks and i'm like all right cool so that's what i started doing i started paying these people to promote me so they have large like followings and i don't have like a large following at all so i started like paying these people and then next thing you know they post me and i just got like 10 sales in the last like 20 minutes and I'm like, oh, this is it. This is it. Like, I got it, right? So I need to go to where people are likely to buy. So if I'm going to go to the football stadium, you don't show up with your yoga mat. You show up with, um, I don't know, a jersey, 
you show up with a helmet, you show up with something that people are into, you know? Um, so I'm like, th that means I'm, I'm not going to waste any time talking to people who are not likely to buy, you know? And if my friends and family happen to be those people who are not likely to buy, then I'm not going to talk to them about what I got going on because I'm not looking for them. I'm looking for people who are looking for me. Right. So um, that's what I did. And that was like kind of my initial strategy. And then I would bring a lot of people onto the website and then I would collect their emails and then I start sending out deals through the emails. And I'm like, Hey, you know, like you can get, buy one, get one free. I'm just trying to get any sale that I possibly can, you know, and that's when business really started picking up. Is that how you got your, the name of the brand, by the way, 17th watches? Cause it's um, for 17 um, sales. No, no. So the name 17, so I'm one out of seven children, right? Or one seventh. So it's kind of wordplay on that fraction, 17. Nice. Yeah, so it's just oh. like, you know, something I came up with. Yeah. It's catchy. I like it. Yeah. It's like to honor my siblings, you know, so I'm just one out of seven or one seventh. So it's a little wordplay. So, um, so yeah, that's how I, that's how I started to build this company. And I'm, uh, and I started to realize things that were very important. Like your photography is important. Like, so if, if somebody can't see my watches in person, like they can go to Macy's and pick up a watch but they can't pick up my watches in person because I only sell online, which means I need to have high quality photos. Because if I don't have high quality photos, they're not gonna trust that it's a high quality watch, you know? So if I'm taking photos on my iPhone and I don't know what I'm doing, people aren't gonna buy. So now I'm like looking for photographers in my local area, like, uh, you ever shot a watch before? And then, you know, the guy who ends up becoming my photographer, Rob, he's like, no, I never did it. I'm like, all right, whatever, let's just try it anyways. <laughs> So I'm just trying everything, you know, he's like, he's like, all right, here are my rates. I'm like, all right, let's three, do three sessions. And then when I post them online, especially when you run an ad in front of a bunch of people who don't know who you are, never seen your product, never heard your product, and they see a high quality photo, they're like, oh, okay, that's actually a nice watch. Let me go check it out. You know? um, so I just started learning how, you know, having a clean website is important. Having nice photos is important. Get in front of uh, an audience who are likely to support you and buy. They're into whatever you're selling is important, things like that. So I just started growing my personal brand. I started growing my, my watch company and it kind of just took off. Um, quick question real quick. So you start getting the initial traffic through the fact that um, you had big accounts, uh, like promote your stuff and then people were buying it and then coming to your page, is that? Yeah, okay, so that's one of the ways. The, the first way I did it was I used, to, uh, I used to just DM people. Every time somebody followed me, I would just DM them. I would just DM them and say, hey, what's up? My name is Chris. I'm from Fontana, California. I own a watch company. I would just DM people, but that was like very slow. You know, it was working because I was selling, maybe I was able to sell like 30 watches a month or one a day, just messaging people all day long. But uh, if, if I really wanted to grow, I would have to reach out to these pages that are large. And then um, now instead of selling 30 watches in a month, you can sell 30 watches in a day. So... Yeah, so it's really cool to see how this is what 2011, Chris, or oh, 2000. No, so this this whole journey that I just uh, explained yeah, happened yeah. from like. So I started the watch company in 2015. So this was like all of 2016 oh. and all of 2017. Wow, oh, pretty whoa. recent. Dang. Wow. Now you're like going crazy, man. That's crazy. That's inspirational. I didn't yeah. know that. So um, the, the company yeah. is five years old. In the first two years, I was kind of like just getting my feet wet, you know. Yeah. Um, the, like I said, I put up $8,000 to start in the first year I made $11,000. So if you calculate inventory ads, taxes paid, I've lost money, you know, like, oh, wow. 
But then the second year, it doubled to 24,000. I'm like, okay, maybe I'm onto something, you know? And then from 24,000, the next year, I went to like 150,000. I'm like, okay, I know what I'm doing now. I got this, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I caught the gist of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very curious because you, have a, you, you started a watch company and mm-hmm. there's many other watch companies out there. And so from your mindset at the time, like how did you stand out? Do you need to stand out? Like what makes you stand out? Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like people- Yeah, so, okay, so here's the best analogy I can give you. What's your favorite airline to fly on? JetBlue, probably. What's, what's your least favorite airline to fly on? Southwest. <laughs> Southwest uh, yeah. Okay, let me tell you something about JetBlue versus Southwest and Spirit. They both use the same plane. They're both providing the same exact service. They're getting you from point A to point B. So what made you like JetBlue versus liking Spirit? Oh my gosh, yeah. Maybe is it the way they brand themselves? Maybe is it the deals and discounts they offer? Maybe they don't charge you just to pack an extra bag? It's the little things. All these airlines do the same exact thing. They have the same exact product. You know, you're flying on a Boeing plane or you're flying on an Airbus plane, but you're flying on the same, it's the same service with the same product, right? So it's the angles in marketing that make you unique. Wow, wow, okay. So that's how I was able to stand out as a watch company. I said, okay, there's a lot of watch companies. There's, you know, the most, and the most popular watch companies cost a lot of money, right? Yeah. So yeah. I'm not even targeting. I'm not trying to compete with a, a watch company that sells a watch for $16,000. I have a $100 watch. I have a $150 watch. I'm competing with Fossil or, you know, like something small. Here's my angle. I'm an army vet. Uh, I'm local when I'm talking to the people around here. I'm a local business. Um, these are the things that we do to um, give back to charity. So I started wa- working with a, a company called the Water, the Water Project Organization. What they do is like build wells and, um, and hand sanitizing stations for like uh, um, areas in Africa that don't have access to clean water. And I'm promoting this and I'm like, hey, 10% of all our sales go here. This is what we're about. We're about spending time with your family. Time is the only luxury. That's our message. So I just, it was just a marketing angle that I said, this is me. This is who I am and this is what I'm about. You know, if you guys like it, here I am, you know, and wow. that's- it's just like an idea, right? Like it's, and, but that just really gets people going. Like, yeah. really? That, that's that's crazy. What, there's, there's really specific reasons why you like the brands that you like, right? It's all marketing, right? Like there's a reason why you go buy your Nike shoes and not your Skechers shoes. And there's a reason why people go buy the Skechers shoes and not the Nike shoes, right? It's a story that Nike told that we're all athletes and this and that and this and that, you know, but they're the same exact product. They're shoes, right? So the same way Bose headphones and, and Beats headphones are both headphones, one's for travelers and one's for athletes. But there's no oh. the so, all about yeah. finding, finding your audience with your voice and delivering whatever it is that you say you're going to deliver, deliver it, you know? Man, wow! I need a minute. <laughs> like you say, like it's like little things, like you know, like some of the stuff you said, like you said, you realize, like I can't remember what you said. You said something about like you realize you have to sell, like it comes down to selling, and that sounds so simple, right? But it clicked with me just now. I was like, yeah. it sounds so simple, but then like that just totally like went off in my head, and like all these things you're saying, they're little and simple, but like, dude, it's crazy, man. All the genius is found in simplicity, man. Like there's. 
the, the biggest companies in the world, they do the same thing I do, just on a bigger scale. Apple's selling you phones, I'm selling you watches. You know, they just do it on a much grander scale. But what it comes down to is selling a product or selling a service or selling information. But it's just selling. It's just providing something that somebody wants or needs. Right? And it's... Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry, man. Um, and it, so you, you went from the watches and you grew to what, like hundreds of thousands? This, your third year or second year? Oh, right? so yeah. So my, no, my second year, I did 24,000. My third year, I did uh, 150,000. My fourth year, I did 250,000. And now I'm on the fifth year. So uh, hopefully we close out this year about half a million. Nice. Man, that's so nice. dope, man. And that's just one <laughs> yeah. source. Yeah, that's, that's just like one of the things that I do. So, okay, then I'll talk to you guys about how I like got started with like selling courses and the Ridge yes. Marks. Yes. So now I get on Twitter and I'm like talking to, I'm just talking to anybody who's willing to listen. Like, yo, this is like a campaign I just ran. This is an ad I just ran. I just gave these people 40 bucks and I made $2,000 off of it, you know, talking about those pages I was paying. And like, I just start developing like a big following. Like people are coming and some people are coming like, you're lying. And some people are like, what? Like, show me how. But when it, get, it gets to the point where there's too many people for you to sit and DM everyone one-on-one, one-on-one, one-on-one. You know, like there's too many. I get hundreds of DMs every day, right? So I'm like, okay, I'll just make a, sh- a course because a lot of people don't know where can you go to get the product, you know? Um, a lot of people didn't even know Alibaba existed, right? Like that's where you can go and get all your products from washing machines to TVs to routers to watches to motorcycles. You can get anything made, you know, from a manufacturer on Alibaba. And a lot of people don't know these things or uh, what can they expect or how should they pay or, you know, how do they know they're not getting scammed? There's so many different things that people need to know. So I packaged all this together and I put it in a course. And my whole objective was to sell a uh, hundred courses at $250 a piece, right? In one year. So I'm like, okay, so I think this is the year that the watch did, the watches did like 150,000. So I'm like, all right, if I can sell $250 courses and I can sell hundred of them, there goes another 25 grand for me to, you know, keep moving. And what happened was the first month I did like $34,000 the first month. And I'm like, oh, this is crazy. So I didn't realize that there's a bigger market for people who want to know how to make money. So basically imagine if I walk into a whole arena, like full of people, let's say, let's say it's a church or let's say it's a a football stadium. It doesn't matter. I walk into an arena with a hundred thousand people. Right. And on my best day, I say, um, on my best day, I say, uh, Hey everybody, I have a watch. This is who I am. This is my watch. This is the deal I have going on. There's only so many people that are going to be interested in, buying a watch, right? Now, if I walk into that same arena and I say, hey guys, I can show you guys how to make money. You're probably gonna get maybe 60, 70% of people that are like, okay, I'm listening. You know, but there's just a bigger market for it. So I started selling these, these courses. And at first I was taking like phone calls at the end of the course. I'm like, call me if you have questions. But, and I put my number at the end of the course because I didn't realize that uh, I would sell so many. So I was like, I can talk to a hundred people for 30 minutes, you know? Uh, but anyways, I sold so many courses. So I'm like, this is crazy. Like there's so many people out there that want to know about these things. And it took me years to figure out and I can condense it to, for them, you know? Um, so that I started selling these courses and then the courses are making money. The watches are still making, actually the watches are starting to make more money. So I have to hire my brother to run the watch company because now I'm getting so many orders that I can't sit and fulfill them. Like for me to sit in like 
package these orders up. It's costing me time, which I could be spending that time doing something else. We'd be talking to manufacturers, designing more. So I had to hire my brother and I'm like, hey man, like he just graduated college, he was studying math. And I'm like, you can come work with me instead of going to work, you know, in the corporate world. He's like, cool. I'm like, all right, well, I need you to take over the company. So he takes over the company. He's, uh, uh, he's getting us ads. He's setting up the photo shoots. He's uh, replying to emails. He's taking care of like the customer service, the shipping, everything. Uh, and at this point I can just design. So that freed up all my time. I started working in the courses and then what I noticed, so the courses are just like doing well. It was crazy. Uh, it was so crazy. I went to Vegas for my birthday, like maybe a month after I, I launched the courses, I went to Vegas and this is like the first time I really started making like a thousand dollars every day. And I'm like, I'm not even enjoying Vegas because I'm just looking at my phone the whole time, you know? Yeah. And the cool, the coolest part, right? So there's something that I want your audience to know. The coolest part is not only did you make the money, but people are literally replying to you on Twitter or sending you emails or sending you messages saying, Hey, I just launched this and I got my first sale. Hey, I did this. Like, thank you. You changed my life. And you're like, okay, I'm making money. They're making money. Like it's a positive sum game, you know, like uh, it's, it's no different than if you go to a college and um, they give you a degree and then you turn around and you go find a job. You're like, I'm grateful. I went to college. You know, these people are like, Chris, I'm so thankful. I never knew that you can do these type of things. I didn't know you could brand yourself. I didn't know you can take a brand and build it. And I'm like, wow, like this is crazy. So this is like, because I kind of thought like horse selling was kind of like, eh, you know, but I realized like, no, you can affect a lot of people in a positive way. And worse comes to worse, they just, you know, they lost out on, at this point, I dropped the, the price to the course of $100. So I'm like, they just spent $100. They was going to spend that on shoes, you know? Um, but it became like this positive thing where I'm like sitting around, like, I'm making money. Every time I get on Twitter, people are like thanking me. Like, this is crazy. You know, like this can't be life. Like, why were we never taught this type of stuff? You know, like, and um, okay. So fast forward a few months, I'm selling courses, I'm selling watches. And then uh, a lot of people were messaging me and they were saying, how much time does this, is this going to require for me to build a brand? Because I'm working. There, there's like a lot of working professional people who maybe make a decent income, but they don't have enough time to, you know, they don't have an extra 20 hours a week for their side projects because they have children and stuff like that. So I'm laying down and I'm like, I'm laying down one day I was in France hanging out and I was like, it was like middle of the middle of the night, maybe three, four in the morning. And I'm like, okay, for the next 10 people to, um, to send me a thousand dollars on PayPal, I will build the brand for you. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get you a product, get you a logo, put your logo on the product, get a photographer to shoot the product, build you a website, give you pages on Instagram that you can use to promote. Uh, and I'll do all this for a thousand dollars. Right. And I was like, but only for 10 people. And I would say maybe in two minutes I had 10 people send me all that money. So I'm like, Oh my God, this is nuts. Right. So, and I told everyone, I'm like, okay, I can't, I'm in France right now. I'm not going to be home for another month. So uh, I'll start when I get home. So then it hit me. I'm like, well, why stop at 10 people? Like this could be a whole business, you know, like why stop at 10 people? So now I just went on Twitter again. I'm like, all right, I'm opening it up for more people. Within three weeks, I had 82 people send me a thousand dollars. And I'm like, right. I'm like, this is crazy because there's no way in the army I was ever going to make this type of money. There's no way, you know, there's no way in my opinion, there's no way a job would just decide to give you that type of pay raise to say, Hey, you're going from making $500 a day to sell from selling watches to 
plus another $1,000 a day selling courses, plus another two, $3,000 a day selling brands. That's something that you have to go out to the marketplace and demonstrate your own value. You know, someone else isn't going to come see your, your value, you know, like, so I would even talk about this on Twitter. I would go on Twitter. I would say like, look, man, like the, 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 the average salary for a doctor for a brain surgeon is like $450,000, but you can do that just from business. You know, like you can just do that exchanging products, goods, and services. Like you can do that yourself. Um, and you don't have to like go the long route. As long as the marketplace says it's valuable, then it's valuable. You know, it doesn't matter if you're selling t-shirts with butterflies on it or you're selling, um, you're selling the cure to cancer. It doesn't matter. The marketplace tells you what's valuable, you know? And, um, so that's kind of like how I started the Ridge market, but then the Ridge market got so big, it kind of got overwhelming actually. And it got big that I had to get a business partner and I'm like, bro, I need help. Like, this is what we're going to do. You contact these manufacturers. I'll set everything up with a photographer. So we had to go hire a full-time photographer, a full-time web designer, a full-time logo designer. So we, I just went from this idea laying in my bed in France to now I have seven employees, you know, and a business partner. And it just grew, you know? So the, the first year of the Ridge Market, I, I don't know. I think we did oh gosh, maybe six, $600,000 our first year. And I'm like, wow. This, <laughs> so I just, I, I don't know. I just start seeing things. And I'm like, all right, this is how I can help people. This is like what I can provide. It's, it's, I was just banking on myself. Like, what can I give to people that's worth their money? You know? Um, so if I have an empty bottle of water and I say, Hey Jasmine, um, do you have a dollar in your pocket? Right. You say, yeah. And I say, I'll give you this empty bottle of water for a dollar. You would say that's not an even exchange. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. Or we won't even use a dollar. We'll say a hundred dollars. I'll say, Hey, Jasmine, you want to buy this for a hundred dollars, right? You tell me this isn't valuable enough for a hundred dollars. Right. But if I say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'll help you do this. I'll help you do this. I'll build you a website. I'll do this. I'll do this. I can make you an offer somehow, some way based on my skills that will make you throw the dollar at me, you know, like actually offer me double, you know, just based on the, the product services, the value that I provide to the marketplace. And that's the way I started seeing business. That's the way I started seeing everything, you know? Dude. That's like dude. the Godfather moment. Like an offer you can't refuse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just make an offer someone can't refuse. Like, oh, okay, so you don't give me $1,000? I'll be back with a better offer, you know? <laughs> dude, that was a, wow. Jasmine, go ahead. Jasmine, go ahead. Was there any other brand that you regret kind of giving away in a sense? I'm sure you make way more money. Was um, I'm sure you make way more money, like, having the ridge market but was there ever an idea of a brand that like you kind of regret giving away um no because i okay so with the ridge market itself i never built a brand that i felt like i shouldn't have built for someone else right it was no holds barred if i thought something was a good idea i'm giving it to a customer right in in the same way that i was talking about these airlines earlier i think of life as like infinite opportunities you know or infinite customers like there there's there's no limit to it. So if I have a good idea, like me, me and my business partner at this moment, both have watch companies. I'm not going to not help him build a watch company, you know, because I don't want to compete with him. Like, no, man, some people will like yours. Some people will like mine. Right. But there is something I do regret. So I built a toothbrush brand. And I didn't build it to sell it. I built it for myself. So I like to talk about things and do things that I love, you know? So that's why you hear me talking about like Fiji water and watches and making money. Cause I love these things, you know? Uh, and I like toothbrushes and I like the idea of like telling people to brush their tongues and like, I like cracking jokes like that, you know, <laughs> I like to, you know, like let's talk about like, I don't know. I like to talk about these things. So I built a toothbrush brand 
And then three days into me launching the toothbrush brand, someone DMs me and says, Hey, I want to buy the company. And I'm like, all right, cool. You know, like here's my price. And the dude went to the bank and he came up with the money and he sent it over to me. And I was like, at first I was like, yeah, you know, I just, you know, I made three times what I put into this brand, you know, the third day of selling. But then it hit me that I would much rather have the brand and, you know, build this brand based around it. Cause it was based on my personality and, you know, like these things, yeah. I was like, there's some things that aren't for sale, you know, and that should have been one of those things that wasn't for sale. I should have just kept it just to keep it, you know? Yeah. So, um, but as far as like the Ridge Market ideas, now there's sometimes like I've built some brands. I'm like, if I really, really, really like it, which I really liked a lot of them, I'll just go buy from them, you know? Like, so I bought like gun safes from people, electric skateboards from people. I bought so many watches from people. That's like awesome. I just go shop with them, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, why do you need to, sell, why does someone like you need to sell MacBooks? Well, not, not that you need to, but <laughs> you know? Oh, like, why did you sell MacBooks? <laughs> okay, so I'm at Masters. All right, so last summer I was sitting on an auction website because I'm always like looking for, I'm always looking for a way. So when you get into the world of money, there's one aspect is creating more money. And then the other aspect is like storing the money or, or you know, yes, yes, yes. But eventually you'll get to the point where you're like, I have more than enough. So let me try to deploy this money to go make more money for me. So I'm sitting on this auction website and I see that there's um, uh, a school district in Tennessee that's selling all their MacBooks, right? Like they're auctioning them off and they're selling them in like lots of like 170. And I'm like, okay, let me win an auction then. I'll see, you know, like I'll sell these computers. So the price I was getting for them, I was getting them for 75 bucks a piece. And I, and I was like, okay, and I can sell what? them. <laughs> so here's another, that's another um, a, a really strong benefit of having money is that you can lower the, the, the price of, products by buying multiple products you know if i want to buy one i'm gonna spend 300 if i want to buy two 290 and they'll just keep going down so if you tell somebody you're gonna buy 170 macbook i mean imax then you can get the price down really low right so i paid 71 dollars for them and i'm just like i told my sister i was like hey i'm gonna have i'm gonna have these delivered to your house so every time that i sell one you ship it i'll give you a percentage of the sale you handle the customer service so boom Send them all to her house. I'll just get on once a day, promote them. I'll get sales. She'll ship them. I'll cut her some of the money. So I created a job for her. Um, and that'll allow her to put money in her pocket. She has two young kids. So, you know, like that's what kind of like creating these opportunities is doing for me. It's, me, it's giving me the privilege to um, show other people the ropes or provide jobs or, you know, for, for like my loved ones. So that's all it was. I just wanted to take advantage of, like, you know, opportunity that I've seen. And, and that's what I did. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> that's insane! Seventy-five bucks. Yeah, How much you selling for? It was seventy-nine. I'm sorry. Yeah. Seventy-nine bucks. Gotcha. And then I was selling them for like three, three hundred. Oh um, sometimes people like so I'll sell them for like three hundred because that's kind of like what you can get, like yeah, uh, yeah. And then somebody was like, like I would even list them on OfferUp, and someone's like, I'll give you two seventy-five, and I'm like, mm, all right, deal. You know, like, bro, <laughs> 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 well, let me get that. <laughs> So, um, I have a personal question real quick. Um, when you first started off, how much were you paying your, was it your brother? Like how much were you paying your, paying your a percentage of the sales? So he gets a percentage of the sales. So we have a killer month, he makes a lot of money. So how much money he wants to make is up to him, you know? Wow. Nice. 
Yeah, so that's like one incentive that, to get people to kind of like, here's the blueprint. Here's, I've been, I've been doing this amount every month. You okay. keep it up and this is what you're looking at, you know? And uh, it gives them an incentive to, to innovate, to think of new ways to make money or, so one way is making money and then, cause he's gonna get a percentage of the net sale. So we wanna slow down, we wanna slow down on the returns cause that takes out of his money, you know? Like, so how can we deliver without getting returns? Cause we would probably get like three, four returns a month because something would like arrive broken or whatever the case is. And um, yeah, so I just give them percentage of everything that, that I make. So, wow. So wouldn't that be the same thing as having like, I don't know, 10, 20, 30% of a company technically? Yep. Yeah, it, yeah, kind of, kind of would be, but the difference is, uh, the difference between a sales job and equity in a company is that, let's say right now I sold this company for $4 million, he won't get a percentage of the sale. Oh. So the company on the exit, when we go, okay, here's a $4 million sale, then he's going to get 20% of that, which would be like $800,000. So that's the difference. What's a good rate for someone like you know to have someone come on like that like what you and your brother did like what what's what's a 10 percent, 5 percent, 20 percent, 50 percent like probably about 20 20 wow 20 30 it depends on your your profit margin but uh i tell everyone to uh to, to focus on profitable products so then you have room for sales you have room to hire people out you know you want to build a sustainable business so you don't want to buy something for four dollars and sell it for five you know and then everyone all the employees beyond that, like um, they're on a wage or because you can't give everyone a piece, a piece, right? Like of the. Okay. So, so them, since they're not working to make the money, they're not in a sales position. Then I just give them a wage. You said you just give them a wage. Yeah. Yep. So we had uh, a photographer who was full time and we gave her a good amount of money web design. So we'll just tell them like, Hey, we want to hire you. And this is what we're offering. Yeah, gotcha. They, gotcha. they come on board, and that leaves me to getting the sales versus leading them to get. The, they don't need to go create money for the company. Like they don't need to do any of these things. I bring in the sales with my traffic. You know, my marketing strategies. You guys execute. Gotcha. Wow. Did you read a lot of books, man? Like, like you sound like so knowledgeable in like you know like business <laughs> stuff, or was this mostly Google and experience, or like were you one of the readers? Well. The first part of this, everything went well. Okay, the first part of this um, is instincts, but it is paying attention to like what, what other brands are doing, what other people are doing, reading a lot of marketing books, um, just kind of watching, you know, just being aware. That's, that's kind of what happens is you just become aware of what's going on. Uh, and then your instincts will take over. You say, hey, today's a good day to run a sale or today's a good day to launch a new product or let's, let's, uh, let's use a different angle for our marketing or let's try to reach into a different um, crowd or let's cross promote with uh, a fitness brand, you know, because we have a few fitness watches to sell. So we find a fitness influencer because we weren't in the fitness world. So yeah, I spent a lot of time reading. My whole life is consumed with um, business, but then eventually it just becomes instinctual. Wow, wow. Okay. Wow. I didn't, I didn't know that, but we just, I guess we just assume like, like, cause you know, you, you're making so much money and like, you just, maybe it's the position you put yourself in. You seem like someone who read like every single business book there is as no, far no. as like how much knowledge, you know, you know, it feels like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, sometimes, man, sometimes I'll read a lot of books that have nothing to do with business or sometimes I'll read um, books that are more about like keeping your mind calm, which I think down in the long run, you know, you might, 
it might help you in business. But um, for me to be the leader of an organization, the better I become overall, the better the organization will become, you know, so the better I do personally, the better watch company do, the rich market will do, the courses will do, all this good stuff, you know. So a lot of times I'm reading things that have nothing to do with business. And sometimes I do. Like right now I'm reading The Snowball Effect. It's about Warren Buffett and his like life, you know. Um, but I, I just try to keep a book open. It's not always directly related to business. So when I think of people who read business books, I get like almost a bad vibe in the sense that I feel like a lot of them are kind of like saying the same stuff and a lot of them are kind of, you know, like they act a certain way. But how do you feel about these people who just kind of like are so obsessed with reading business books and also, and also like, you know, like all those like traditional business books, like, you know, like, I don't know, like Think and Grow Rich or like, or like one of the most practical ones, like the ones with Warren Buffett and like, okay. yeah. So I think, uh, I think these books are, okay, for instance, if you're going to study, let's say you want to go in the, in the, in the business world, or you want to get into the investing world specifically. And then you start like looking at Warren Buffett and he's the third richest person in the world. And you start reading how this dude was calculating, he was calculating coins that he can make from, from scales at the age of eight. And you're like, okay, now I'm seeing what it takes to become the third richest man in the world. You know, like this dude's been practicing it since he was six, seven years old. He was on a newspaper route. And then you start to see like, okay, this is the work, the work ethic that this guy put in. And sometimes it's not literally about like, I can just copy what he did. It's sometimes it's just a source of inspiration. The same way that somebody might go watch a basketball game and just be inspired by watching Kobe play. Some people might read or watch about their favorite, you know, business guy and be like, man, this is cool. Right. Um, so I think some people look at it as a form of entertainment. Some people look at it as a form of um, a, a form of, of inspiration. Like, so I, there's a lot of guys in the business world that like inspire me like crazy. Um, and some of these people, they built off of culture. And I think that's what I like about their business. Like Phil Knight and Nike, he built off of an athletic culture. He kind of built the culture, you know, like Nike is like sports is what we think of it. Mainly a lot of it has to do with Nike and the commercials that they give us and the stories that they tell. Um, but then you start looking at the founder and you say, okay, what was this guy into? What was his challenges? You know, so the same way some people may be intrigued with me and what I do, I'm intrigued with the tycoon, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's like, you know, that's kind of like some people are just like me. I'm just reading. I, I want to know what these guys were doing, you know, like, so for instance, uh, uh, like Phil Knight, he put his mortgage up on, on inventory for those shoes because he believed in his company that much. So then how can I turn to myself and be like, uh, I don't want to spend money on marketing, you know, like, all right, do you want to be like Phil Knight or do you not, you know? Like, so, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of like what a lot of that is, but these business books, they're good. I think what happens is, yeah, there, there does become a market where everyone's saying the same thing, you know, um, they're saying the same things or they're saying it in a different way, but I heard this really, really, really good quote and I love it. And it made me stop thinking about people who say the same thing differently. And the quote goes, everything that everything that needs to be said has already been said but somebody wasn't listening so you have to say it again <laughs> so i can my message and let's say there's a computer programmer out there on reddit he can have a similar message to me but certain people are going to gravitate towards me some people are going to gravitate towards him based on the things that i like um the things that i do my upbringing like you know like all types of things people will resonate with my my message more right so when you take that into consideration, you will realize that everyone is a source of inspiration. You know, like people are one day going to come to you and say like, 
teach me this and teach me that because they like the way you came up. They're going to like your story. They want to know from you, you know, like, okay, they're going to be like, okay, Andy, I get that we can learn this from so-and-so, but we want to learn this from you because, you know, you're the guy that I idolize, you know? Um, so I like that, you know, like, because most things, a lot of like the quotes and stuff that you see going on, um, like let the spread around Twitter, for example, they either boil, like they are traced back down to like ancient philosophers or the Bible or some type of religious context, you know, the same message, the same principles, because humans are like, you know, we, we kind of, we're creatures of habit. So we go through the same things. We have the same issues, you know, we might change technology or something, but people have the same problems, which creates a need for people to sell the solutions to the problems or to teach the solutions to the problems, right? People are always going to want to feel um, better about themselves. So either they're going to want more mental clarity or they're going to want to get in shape or they're going to want to make more money or they're going to want to be able to attract a mate. And these are just creating markets for, you know, everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jasmine, I have like two, I have, well, I have a billion big uh, questions. <laughs> I really, really want to ask, but I'm going to bite my tongue because I know you have a lot of questions. Like, so I'm going to let you ask some questions real quick, Jasmine. Honestly, I just want to say, and I feel like that's the biggest blocker people have when it comes to starting a business. It's like, oh, I shouldn't make soap because there's so many other brands that do that. What's going to make me so special? But it's true. Like, there's no limit. Like, there's no, in that circle, in that pie circle of life and money, there's like, everyone gets a slice. It's unlimited. There's no limit at all. And what's, yeah, that's what's interesting too is like, people will say that everyone makes soap, everyone makes candles, everyone sells hair, but like, okay, so what? You know, and it still sells. Yeah. Everyone sells bread. Who cares? That didn't stop <laughs> from being a multi billion dollar like company, you know? Like, that doesn't stop Coke from saying, all right, I want to release the Sony because they're just trying to get a small percentage of the market mm -hmm. share. So you think about this if you start an athletic shoe company, Nike has to sell millions of shoes to produce billions of dollars to cover their entire infrastructure. They have employees, they have contracts, they have leases, they have so much, they have so much money that they need to earn so they can pay everyone out, right? Me, Chris Johnson, if I sold, you know, 500 pairs of shoes at 100 bucks, I can take care of my whole family, you know? Like, I'm, so I'm not even competing with Nike, I'm competing with myself, you know? Like, I don't need to make a billion dollars, I just need a thousand people that believe in me, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's the way it goes. Like, and I have a message. Like, I don't know. The thing is, you're the only version of you. You know, you're the only person. Like, so when everyone's thinking the same, then of course it looks like everyone's doing this, everyone's doing that. But no, they're doing it in their own individual way. You know, like, yeah, this person makes soap, but this person also, I don't know, talks about whatever, you know, talks about the divine energy on her Instagram story. So that's why I think she's cool. So I'm going to support her. You know, like you'll never know her. This guy's always talking about his curly hair. That's why I'm going to buy his condition. You never know, you know, like you just be yourself in, in the world. You attract everything that you need in this world. And how do you deal with stress? Has there ever been a time where it's like you really doubted yourself or have you kind of always had that confidence that you will succeed because, you know, you had that foundation base? Um, I've, I've been a pretty confident person since probably like the age of five. Um, so I always remember like people used to like say, like, Chris, you're so cocky when I was very, very young. But um, I think overall confidence is built by just achievement. So you start off doing something small and you're like, oh, I can do that. Then you take another step up, another step up, another step up. And as you start to achieve things, you just start believing in yourself more. You know, like um, self-belief and confidence is something that you build. It's It's a... 
it's your reputation with yourself, you know? So if I've been saying, hey, I'm gonna be the captain of a football team since I was five years old and every year I work really hard so I can do it. When it's time for me to move to leadership roles in the military, I do it. And then when it's time for me to, you know, launch a business or, you know, do this, I do it. It's because I've built the trust with myself, you know? Um, and if you don't believe in you, then why should anybody else in this world believe in you? You know, why should anybody in this world believe that you're gonna go achieve great things if you don't even believe it? So it just starts with like, you know, starting, starting off small. Um, so I've always been like pretty confident naturally, but when it comes to stress, this, I don't overwork myself at all. You know, like I don't overwork myself at all. Uh, I offload a lot of things to, you know, the people on my team. I play basketball every day. I work out. That's a great stress reliever. You know, I hang out with my friends. I'm not like out of touch with the real world. You know, like it's very hard to be stressed when you go swimming. You know, or it's hard to go stressed when you're playing basketball. Because you're only thinking about playing basketball. You know, it's hard to be mad when you're out of breath. You know, so you just go and run. Just do whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's it's because I didn't give up, like, you know, um, the personal side of my life. I'm still the same exact person that I was before I built these companies, you know? Um, so I still do the same things, hang out with my friends, play ball, lift weights. So I just don't let the stress build up, you know? Yeah. And I, I love that. <laughs> And I love that you offset the responsibilities and like get more people to join you and like helping you out and like you're creating more opportunities for themselves. Yeah, I feel yeah. like most people are like, oh, I shouldn't let them get involved. Like, and yeah. again, it's like that limiting mentality of like, yeah. because they they're think gonna, that, yeah. Mm -hmm. They think of it like a pie, and if a slice of the pie is gone, then that means there's only so much pie left. But yeah. it doesn't work like that. Money doesn't work like that. It's it's transferring all like. Somebody today made $25 million. I don't know who they are, but it's not gonna stop me from trying to make another hundred, you know? Like, just I don't know who they are. But what's crazy, if I did know who they are, I'd be like, man, if I was salty, I'd be like, man, this guy has all the money, I'm never gonna make any. But because I don't know that that guy exists, then, you know, it seems like, it, it only seems like we only care about these type of things when we see someone doing it. But in reality, people are making money all the time. People are getting in great relationships all the time, you know? like. So, but yeah, like you were saying, it just creates opportunity. So I give my brother this opportunity. Then he turns around and he launches a backpack brand, a travel brand. You know, my sister. Nice. Launched, my sister launched a hair care company. And that's just what it, it becomes. You know, it's a snowball effect. So I'm um, like at the top of the, I'm at the top of the chain. And then I pass opportunities. I teach strategy. I do this. I do that. And they just go off and, you know, eventually I get them to the point where they don't need me. And they can just go do their own. That is so amazing. I love that. Everybody eats. Yeah, everybody eats. I always say it. Like, everybody, it's, there's so much, there's, there's so much for, like, you know, there's so much in this world. There's, there's no point in, like, holding on to I think that's the hard part, too, for me sometimes. It's, like, because the world is so unlimited, it's, like, oh, what do I focus on? Yeah. It's, like, it's so hard for me to make that initial decision. Yeah. A little that's, by little. Yeah, and, and we live in a world full, full of, like, um, unlimited distractions you know like you could do one thing, and the next thing you do the next thing next thing you know you're scrolling on the internet for thirty six thousand hours you know yeah, yeah sometimes it, it requires you to just like turn your phone off or you know just go in the corner and write or turn your play, phone on airplane mode or do whatever you know do whatever you need to do but um but everything compounds you know like the, the habits and things that, that you're starting now if you just start a journal you start writing one day this might be the foundation for you to write emails. You know, like you just got good at writing in your own voice. Um, so every skill that you learn is like going to help you out later in life. And this is why 
I consistently preach for people to learn skills because you never know you're going to need them, you know? Yep. No more questions, Jasmine? Yeah, and like we're reaching about the hours. Dude, Chris, this is, has been oh, yeah. so oh, yeah. amazing. Seriously. <laughs> I can knock them all out. <laughs> all right, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, um, we're gonna honor your time because, dude, you're probably gonna be a future billionaire or something. So, like, <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> um, so real quick, um, uh, I really want to real quickly talk about copywriting as far as like how big of a factor is that for your uh sales and just kind of is it as intimidating as it seems or what's a good way to go about it? It's not. So remember earlier when we were talking about knowing your audience. So you don't want to you don't want to take. Uh, the yoga mat to the football stadium, right? So same thing with writing. If you're going to speak to an audience of sports enthusiasts, uh, enthusiasts, then you're going to speak in a way that you're going to use slang terms that, you know, like you don't have to call a basketball or you don't have to call a, a made free throw uh, a made free throw. You can just call it, you know, whatever it is. That you okay, know, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can use slang words. You can, you're just developing an authentic voice, but you're conveying this in writing, you know, and you're speaking to your audience, you know? Um, so the copywriting is important only if you know your audience. Everything starts with knowing your audience, right? So what I did wrong when I initially launched the watch brand is I created the watch brand without a target market. You know, like I was just, I started it like whoever's willing to buy, I'm willing to sell it to them, right? Which is true, but I need to target somebody. So I need to, you know, so, uh, I, I brand myself as a veteran-owned brand. So we're going to talk about things in writing that happen in you know, the military. I'm going to use military jokes. I might crack a joke on my, on my, in my email list about, um, are, you, are you sitting quarantined in the barracks room? You know, then uh, I got a deal for you. You know, and I, this is a writing style that, you know, we've developed as a brand so we can speak to our audience. People have no idea about anything. Any, they have no idea about the military slang or anything. They're going to be like, What's a barracks room? What are you talking about? You know, but that's because the message isn't for them. You know, so you're just speaking. You know, you're writing in a in in a in a convincing manner to a target audience. So it all starts with you knowing your audience, and then you're going to speak like you were to um, talk to them in person. You're going to use the words they they use. So think about this. Think about an infomercial, right? Somebody has to write the script for an infomercial, right? And they're they're trying to sell that device that helps. Um, like old people put on their shoes, right? You think they're going to be like writing out the script saying like, yo, this is a dope product. You know, like, no, their audience is like old, you know, like they're people in their 70s and 80s and 90s, they're going to say like, this is an awesome device and it's the language that they're going to speak, you know? And, um, and, and the opposite works as well. If I'm trying to sell something to teenagers or I'm trying to talk to teenagers, um, then I'm, there's certain, I'm, I want to be hip. I want to be cool. I want to know what they're talking about. If I'm trying to talk to teenagers about social media and I have no idea what TikTok is, then, you know, they're going to be like, yo, what are you talking about? So, <laughs> but that, that is, that message is shown in your style of writing. You know, the words you choose to use, the phrases, um, how you paraphrase things. So yeah, the, the copyright is important, man, but it's not, it's not that intimate. Okay, okay, because it seems really intimidating to me when I see everyone, I think including you, man, like, you know, when you go on your page, your sales page, it's like long and it looks good and I'm just like, dang, like I'm trying to compare and I'm over here, you know, elementary school style, like, like you know. Okay, okay I'll give you some advice there, right? Yeah, yeah. You don't have to be, you don't have to be good at everything, right? 
So is my sales page worth me paying a copywriter $300 to write that? Yes. You know, so I'll say, hey, you're a good copywriter. Here you go. So you got to think the best businessmen and the men who and women who run the biggest businesses, they aren't necessarily the designers. They aren't necessarily uh, um, filming the commercials. They aren't the test drivers of the car. You know, they're just hiring the talent. And that's that's the beauty of um, building relationships and and networking is you say, okay, this this person is good at this. They can help me here. You know, so maybe you don't want to sit and write your own copy. Maybe you want to hire somebody to write your own copy and they get, they, they, they're going to take over your email list and they'll get 10% or 20% of everything you sell through your email list. Therefore, you can go focus on your strengths and outsource your weaknesses. That could be a way to look at it. Okay, real quick, whoever listens to this podcast, especially Chris's people looking for a copywriter. <laughs> real quick. Oh, but, but uh, Rook, so... How, how much of a factor is copywriting? For, so I put, I put out a product. Let's say I want to sell a coaching product or something. Mm-hmm. I put out a product and there's a sales page. I write my own sales page. I have no experience. Um, mm-hmm. I write my sales page versus the sales page of a, cop, a copywritten one. Uh-huh. Uh, what is the difference? Like as far as the, the conversions, you know? I, I can tell you. Oh, you yeah. would literally have to run that study to know. Because what happens is, the product could be so good or so in demand that people don't care about, you know, like the, the pitch, right? Or the product could be so mediocre that it's the pitch that sells the product. So you would never know unless you run, oh. right? Like, so if somebody said, if somebody said, um, hey, I'm selling a jetpack that lets you fly 50 feet in the air for $500, you recharge it, you know, every three days, it lasts. 20 miles, you know, they don't I want to it. out no long copyright. I'm buying it. I'm buying that. <laughs> Ain't much for me to say, bro. I'm buying it, you know? So uh, yeah. you would literally have to take the same products in the same audience and run a study. Comparing okay. Two. Because here's my situation. Um, and so let's just say like, uh, I, I coach people and like my results have been absolutely amazing. Like people who are depressed are now like people who are very happy for the first mm-hmm. time in their life. And like the re- like I know for a fact, it's like the results are definitely there. But my message to my audience, my, my ability to sell that to my audience, because I know that if my audience schedule just a few coaching calls with me, for example, they're going to take their inner world to another level. So that's like, it's like, you know, you're so confident. You're pretty confident in what you do, right? So it's like the same thing. And it's just like, yeah. I, but that, that communication. Okay. All right. Check this out. Yeah. What tells you that I'm confident in the things that I do? Damn, that's a good question. Um, whatever that is, that's what you got to go find in yourself. All right. I think I know. Because, well, first of all, I mean, first of all, off the top, it's obviously the, answer. The, the, the results you show, the test examples you show, which I haven't, I have not gotten to that yet. So that's what I'm going to yes, think about maybe, that. Yeah. Maybe you can have somebody like send you a video and say, yo, do you mind if I post this? Or maybe it's, maybe it's you challenging people's inner thoughts. You know, like that's what I do a lot of times in. I remember earlier when we weren't recording, we were talking about like, I don't want to like come off as too silly. Sometimes I just challenge people's ways of thinking and that leads them to the idea that they should buy from me. You know, like, oh, okay. I never thought about it that way. So, um, but there's something that I do that tells you that I'm confident, right? And whatever that is, is what you have to go find yourself. You know, your version of Dude, dude, this, this call has been crazy because I've learned, I feel like I, this is like, do you, all right, real quick for, for the people, like, do you do 
one-on-one -on -one, like business coaching type of situation like group uh, business coaching you i know this, this is what I, mean. I become friends with people and then we can just talk like friends <laughs> that's crazy man want, i don't want like a hierarchy in a relationship you know what i mean where my friends think that this, or i think my friends are this you know yeah. up and down or this person that comes around me and wants to learn from business is below me because they have lower sale i don't like i don't like the whole weirdness of things you know it gets like that in the corporate world you know where it's, oh, that's the manager that's the owner you know i'm like yeah. you're real for that man that's crazy you're real for that and i feel kind of i feel like in some shape or form i'm like the the, the spiritual chris johnson in the sense that like hear me out because like i've helped a lot of people like um like you know take their inner internal uh, world to the next level which is like what I do in a in a non-spiritual nutshell and mm -hmm. like and then I become friends with them and then it's like I see them blossom like I see them completely grow into like their own and then do their own thing and even teach it and it's like mm -hmm. wow you know and but the thing is I I talk to Jasmine all the time and like you know I don't I don't try to be like hey yo look I'm the spiritual leader around here you know mm -hmm. like so that's cool man that shows that you're really real man mm -hmm. um and that transitions me to kind of like my next question. Ah, so many. But last question, last question. I don't want, like, I'm, you gotta, yeah. So <laughs> what about leadership, man? Because that's really big for me. And how do, you, how do you lead? How does Chris lead? And how do you lead? Because you seem like a real cool person, man. And uh -huh. how do you kind of, you know, keep things in order yet? You know, like, what's your leadership? Uh, okay, uh, so the first thing is, the first thing first is that um, in most situations, especially in my business, that I'm the owner of the business, right? But, um, so I'll ultimately decide the direction that we're going in. So like when my employees or even my partners or whatever, they come to me, like ultimately they know it's my decision to make, right? But I want them to be able to work on their own. I want them to be able to bring me ideas on their own. So it's an open door thing, right? Because if I hire somebody and I have to tell them what to do, then I could have did it myself, you know? So I want to bring out the best in everybody. I can't bring out the best in people if there's this type of relationship, you know? So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of how I, I feel, you know, like they, tr they trust me to do what I need to do, which is, you know, to make sure this company is ran and financed the right way. And I trust them to bring me their best and they can't be their best if they're not comfortable. They can't be, be their best if they're not, uh, um, operating like at the highest level because they got things going on in their personal life and they're afraid to tell me that they need a little bit of time off. You know, it's simple things like that uh, that you know it develops in t uh, over time, and it all boils down to like communication. Man. It boils down to communication. Like you know, it starts with honesty. You know, it starts with honesty, integrity. Make sure that you hire people or work with people that have the same values as you, and then they'll all blossom from there. Um, uh, I thought that was the last thing, but real quick, um, since you're in the, you're in the military, um, you, you heard of Jocko Willink? Yep. So like, you know, he, I love his, what he teaches is that like, you know, like, um, and, and so a few months ago, I've, I've been thrusted into the, the managing role at, you know, this like top, like seafood, like restaurant, you know, and it's like, but it's my family owned, but it's like now like I'm leading and it's in person and it's like all these things are coming to me. But what I try to do was I try to empower the people. So it was weird. It's weird for them to see, you know, the top guy is like actually like catering to them. Like, I'm like, Hey, you okay? Like what, what serve you them. That's what people don't realize. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You are there to serve them and they aren't there to serve you. You're there to serve them what they need, what they want. 
and you guys both collectively or both entities serve the purpose of the business. Dude, here's the crazy part. I felt so insecure about that because I felt like, like, like looking back, like looking at it, like, okay, I feel like, okay, now I realize I did it. I'm doing a great job, but it was like, at the time it was like, dude, like, am I just being soft on them? I feel like, well, because first of all, I noticed that they perform way better when I'm, when I'm there and I'm, you know, like doing what I do versus when someone else is just yelling at them, like, Hey, go do that. And you know, like, so, um, uh, the whole point of that was, I'll tell you this. Yeah. It means that you don't shy away from the hard conversations. You don't yeah. stop holding people accountable. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you're there to serve them. Like, you know, how, how can I get out of your way? How can I make, what do you need from me to make this easier, you know, or to make this more efficient or to make this whatever it needs to be. That's what I needed to hear. Seriously. Like, it's so crazy that the fact that I'm trying to be nice to my employees is a crazy ass concept in mm-hmm. like the workplace. Okay, so I like the word, I like the word um, kind, right? Nice kind of gives off like this, this pushover thing, you okay, know? Like, okay. So, so kind, kind says that you have like a backbone, you know, like I'm kind, I'm fair, you know? Nice is kind of like, um, let me walk over this guy just because, you know? So um, that's why I'm fair. I'm, I'm extremely fair. I'm extremely kind to people, but I have a backbone, you know? Like, we gotta, oh, yeah. you know, like, yeah. Um, but that's what the term nice, it, it doesn't necessarily have to mean that to you, but uh, because it, it seems like if I'm being nice to you, it feels like I'm going out of my way to be nice to mm, you. Mm. But if I'm being kind, that's just who I am, you know? Wow. Wow. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Um, okay. Um, what, what are you working on? Like, where can people find you? What, like... <laughs> Um, so lately, man, I've been spending all my time in the, I've been spending all my time in the stock market. So, you know, the stock market is, is uh, uh, it crashed this last month and I'm looking for all the opportunities there. So that's what I've been spending all my time doing. Uh, I'm building a pendant brand right now, which is going to be pretty cool. So you guys will see uh, more of this soon. And then also I'm building a bike brand. So I want people riding around on bikes. Also. Nice. So, okay. All right. Remember we talked about these computers? Yeah. Last summer, I wanted to start a bag brand, and I asked myself, where am I going to get the money to do it, you know? And that money is not coming out of my pocket. So uh, I sold the computers to get the money for the pendant brand and the bike brand. So I'm just using money. So you guys are going to see that roll out soon, pendants and bikes. Um, but you guys can follow me on Twitter. Uh, it's CJ underscore Johnson 17TH. And then Instagram is Chris with four S's Johnson. Everything will be in the description below. There'll be like products of yours and everything else. There'll be in the description. Okay, cool, below. dope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop recording. I'm gonna stop recording. <laughs> All right. Cool.